0: We are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And we're actually in the shed. We are back with humans in the real
1: world. IRL. This is really weird. I-R-L? In real That's what life. the kids say. Right? That's what the kids say. You know? Yeah. No. Or New acronym already. We're IRL.
0: We're real um, life. But I... I it's very strange. I'm usually talking to you on screens. We can't
2: call this a shed, though. Either I have to say, Jeff. Since oh, yeah. we've been away,
0: the shed has undergone
1: a
2: transformation.
1: <laughs> this is positive luxury. Our isolation has forced me into home improvements. <laughs> For those not in Australia, the um, the hardware store has been one of the essential shops that's open in this country. Which means I've essentially. I there's been days where I've gone there twice in a day. Like all of all of the cables are nicely, you know, nicely aligned down there. The skirting boards, <laughs> the projectors up. Uh, it's like you know that that shops. I wish they had a loyalty program. They don't need a look. They've just got a loyalty. They only shop own. <laughs> Whatever. So for those not in Australia, they've relaxed the uh, rules. Yes, you're means, allowed up to five guests in your house. Okay, so if you're not on that on that side of the mountain yet in your in your country. Just to let you know, it's a bit of a weird feeling. It's very it's weird. It's exciting, yeah. but also a bit yeah. I'm just, I feel just like, we, real people we be in, in the room. Yeah, we be doing this We've gone for months of, of not and then suddenly you've got people in your house. It's it's strange, but it's great. Keep keep up the good work. Keep doing the right things, everyone. <laughs> keep doing the right things. Stay stay alert
2: stay I've, safe I've got to say I've read alert. the definition at least five times about what you can do in terms of visiting friends Yeah, it was like, is this okay and this then this I was like go? this is definitely okay yeah. I, need, I need this I really fucking need this
1: yeah. <laughs> so, so keep it up out there because it's worth it once you get to the other side it's fucking worth it um, did you bring a drink to celebrate with you? I did so I got a voucher for my birthday and yes. uh, so because of that I bought a $100 bottle of scotch Oh, Whoa. Ooh, ready for this not, occasion that is
2: not... very very
1: unlike
0: you now I'm drinking it in the shed. What is it? Lafroy Laphroaig 10 years? really good. Oh, yeah. smoky.
1: Yeah, it is, it's just great. Gone all out. Today's a great day. You're a new man. Great day.
0: Yeah, wow. It's going to grey hair backs in there, that
1: No, nah, I won't give it. Um, rog, what did you bring? Uh,
0: well,
2: my little beer shop round the corner from here is still open. And do you know what? Oh, You're going to hate this story. Sorry. it's Probably most people will, but I'm going to tell it anyway. One of my big frustrations about beer at the moment,
0: mm.
2: you probably know this because I rant about it a lot, yeah. is Sour's. I love sours. Everywhere, it's like flavor of the month, and everywhere has sours. Not, it may change now because we're coming into winter. winter it's not a yeah. sour, soury season, but sours are everywhere now. Before sours, flavor of the month was IPA. Yeah, I love IPA. I think it's
0: the, you're not cool The best Lodge. beer.
2: Well, no, but you can't buy it anywhere. There's so much more limited range because it's all been chipped away by the Sours, which yes. I think are generally crap.
0: Yes, but
2: winning. Little Bottle Shop down the road, haven't listened to convention. They've stuck with <laughs> on the IPA bandwagon, and they've got a great choice there. You're so, right. That's a terrible story. Yeah, it? it is. But anyway, so I've got a um, <laughs> yeah. uh, an Urban Out uh, Fresh Hop IPA wow. this evening.
0: That sounds wanky. From New Zealand. Right, well, I uh, having spent eight weeks stuck at home and like exploring my inner self and who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do when I grow up, I'm going to carry on drinking. <laughs> <do one>. You've <laughs> realised that you're happy with who you are. Yes, I bought two bottles of it yesterday. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, right, every week we do start with a question. But before we do a question, is a bit of admin. Um, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question, tell us we're wrong about something, you can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review um, so more people can find us. Um, this week's question is a bit of an old one, 37 years ago this week, Aberdeen beat Real Madrid in the Cup Winners' Cup final. Wow don't know if anyone uh, remembers Aberdeen beating Real Madrid, but yes. was that Alex Fer- Ferguson was, that was, was yes. the manager. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was his first um, European Aberdeen. trophy. Aberdeen! Aberdeen! Now, the question is, who scored the winner in that game? James McFadden. No. no. Uh, when was, sorry, 37 years 37 ago. 37 years ago. He's a midfielder, scored with a header in extra time. Is he Paul Scottish? Lambert?
1: No. He is Scottish. Older. It's got a really good name. Older than Paul Lambert, uh, McCall. No, good name. McNamara. His name is John Hewitt. No. Yeah,
0: I learned really? this yesterday. Wow. Yes. I am um, and not I very listened, Scottish. Listen to the Guardian podcast, and they mentioned it, and there was a winner scored by John Hewitt. I was like,
1: "That's me." That, did, so, you, did you do? You weren't there. I never do. No. No, it no, well, was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. Nice nice to shoehorn that one in
0: early. Anyway, like um, like an in-joke of one. Yeah, I know, I enjoyed that. That was just purely for me. Um, This week, we will do some team reviews. We've got Palace and Everton on the list. Um, And we'll go through a bit of uh, the latest COVID-19 updates and bits and bobs. Um, Does anyone have anywhere they want to start? Do you want to start with the restart?
1: I guess we should start with a the restart. There's been actual news this well, week. Or the false start. The false start. The the neutral, non-neutral venues, happy, not happy, sad world <laughs> that is. Let's <laughs> all talk about football. Project um, Restart. Project Restart. You know, have you seen, ever you watched Peep Show? Yeah, a long time ago. Remember the, that episode with Project Zeus, where he's, he's trying to amalgamate sales and marketing and eventually he jumps out the window and runs away? No. Every time I hear Project Restart, it reminds me of a, of a picture <laughs> episode where everything is pointless. And um, I'm not saying everything is pointless in this, but, uh, but we are wasting a lot of time here. Um, okay, so do you want to give us an update on Project Restart? What's well, happening this week?
0: Well, the, the main thing is by the 25th of May, you have to tell UEFA what you're doing. So what is the date today? It's like the 15th? It's the 13th. 13th of May. So they've got 12 Less than two days weeks. Yeah, to work out exactly what the premium is So that's doing.
2: every UEFA member state yes. has to come to them so you and have say to either say
0: street. we're null and void we're going to finish by the end of July which is the aim so that they can play the Champions League and Europa League finals in August um, have they
2: put any rest- have UEFA put any restrictions on it what do you mean like in terms of if they just said you need to tell us what you're doing or if they said you know you need to tell us what you're doing but you have to have finished by this date or you ha- or they, they have-
0: they've asked the, the they want you to aim to finish by the end of July so they can play the Champions League and Europa League rest of those games in a mini tournament through August but they've said if you can't you can carry on after that but you need to let them know what you're doing this so, is that- I, mean, I
2: suppose at least that's a, a sort of semi-unified approach, even if all the countries are going to do
1: different things. We're completely missing the point here. It's it's not going to happen. (laughs) That's not my point. I've been making that point every week for two months now, Roger. But I know this sounds like a weird thing to say, but the old old mate virus doesn't really give a shit about UEFA's deadline no. no so if there is a flare-up or not even a flare-up a flare in a country that's got it under control but the uk at the moment is is a complete clusterfuck yeah so why are we making decisions that rely on the situation to get better when the situation is actively getting worse yeah um well it, well I think because there's an assumption i suppose that it's not getting worse that it is getting better but it's not it's getting worse if it yeah. doesn't feel like it's getting worse, sorry, I'm not in the UK, I'm, yeah. I'm not bound by UK media, but well, there, is, there is a perception that what's going on in the UK, it's not under control, it's still well in the midst of chaos.
2: I, I think the concern in the UK is that they haven't, it, They things are getting better in terms of pure numbers, but they haven't got it under control by any means, and there's not a clear plan, and they're talking about rolling things back without having a clear plan, which is very, very dangerous, and it could just be, just completely go to shit.
1: Yeah, so, so there's, the, you know, the legislation in, in countries that have got this um, thing even mildly under control, and I'm just, I say that, you know, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, is that there needs to be a certain period where you don't have any recorded cases before you yeah. then start opening up and South um, Korea has seen a rise in cases exactly right. as they've gone out, loosened restrictions. And that's exactly right. and why I'm you lose in Europe. Yep. Germany so, and- so, right, we we yeah. here in, in Australia, or it's different in every state, we see here in Australia have loosened restrictions in this last week, but only slightly. Only this the point where you can have now it's five people in a house. Yeah. That's it. So what that does is that mobilises a whole state, a state wasn't mobilised before, which means you can now go, OK, well, let's analyse, let's spend... Mm. A fortnight a month analysing how mobilising a state where you can visit your mate's house not opening bars and restaurants let's see how that affects things if that spikes things then that was a step too far we weren't as good as we were we weren't as good as we thought we would be okay so let's pull it back slightly and it makes let's see sense
2: how... as an approach it makes yeah.
1: absolutely sense if you're not at that stage where you can then slowly reintroduce things into life, but you're making huge decisions, like you've got, what have we got? You say 12 days but we have to decide whether football's going to come back within another two weeks after that? Yeah. It's fucking madness. Yeah. It's, it's stupid, but I
0: think UEFA have to have a deadline, and they have to give a deadline to the leagues. UEFA don't really care about the individual leagues. They care about their tournaments getting finished. They want their Champions League final. They want their Europa League final. How the other teams get into that? They don't give a shit. But they've just said that you need to give us a decision, so then we know whether you're. They won't penalise people for cancelling the league for going into Europe next year. If you decide that Everton have come seventh
1: and get into
0: Europa League,
1: then okay, cool. Oh, so, so they don't care. They, they don't care. care. All, they, all they care about is that next year they have enough people in their competitions. Which exactly is, right. do you know when it's we, okay, when okay, we first
2: fine. talked about the various permutations about what? what might happen when this all started and the league stopped. I mean, we speculated that, I mean, I think from our perspective, John, I think we were on, on the same page with this was that we wanted to see the season finished. Yeah. Even if it meant waiting, but we thought what would happen would be that at some point it's just going to be canceled and they call the places because they'll want to try and start the new season and get things back to normal as soon as they possibly can I think the longer this goes on that's the only thing that's going to happen yeah they're not this this season is not going to be played like I mean should we talk about what's happening in Germany briefly yeah like I mean I think we can go back to Premier League but I mean in Germany is restarting uh in next weekend next weekend
0: yeah Officially uh, they're meant to, start on the 16th. And that's all three leagues days in Germany? Uh Top two. So top Bundesliga two. and Bundesliga 2. And
2: Dresden, who are in uh League 2, uh, two in mm. Germany. But what's it Bundesliga 2? What's it called? Bundesliga yeah, 2. Bundesliga two. Um, their whole squad's in isolation for two weeks. So yeah. they can't play their
0: fixtures. Bundesliga why? Eins zwei. Yeah, 2. <laughs> that's Bundesliga 2, John. Just I did uh, German GCSE. <laughs> yeah. um
2: so I, what does that actually mean? Like they can't play their game. So surely that means the league has to stop already.
1: So yeah. we're, we're banging on it, but no, they'll play the reserves. We, we had this conversation last is week. Is that what they're going so to do? So well, they, they've got to field a team. The league starts, you're a member of that league, you field a team. So what they are going to do? Okay, so... No, so I think they've said they're not going to play the fixtures. So th- are they going to be penalised for that? I don't know. That's what there hasn't been like a... At the moment, all it is still is it's starting. So we're all watching Germany going, okay, you are our guinea Guinea pigs. You're our lab rats. And the thing is, Germany will do things better than the rest of the world anyway because they're Germany. So even as lab rats, it still isn't a good example of what can work in other countries because they will probably be more robust and efficient and have better processes than any other country when they restart. So yes, of course, Germany are starting too soon. But it does prove how outrageous it is because they're back in training. Yes, of course, there's an outbreak. Like it makes it makes total sense that it would be an outbreak, and it, when people are talking right now about sporting integrity and saying, "Oh, if it was at neutral venues, would that take away the sporting integrity?" Wait! Wait till five first team players get sick and have to quarantine for, for yeah. two weeks. That takes yeah. out any sporting. Or players integrity. don't want
2: to play because they're what like I, I think, which, worried about their health,
0: which is completely reasonable.
1: They shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't yeah. have I've, to show up for work if they're worried that they'll get sick. I was yeah. going to
0: say. I think that there's a weird thing about everyone just going. Footballers perform for us, and then they're humans. It'll be good for they, society. They have like families, yeah. and they have either young families or they might have older parents that they don't want to put at risk or whatever they have people they care about around them and we're all just going no play football perform yeah. for me although is... we make
2: our health professionals do that to be fair yeah, I mean yeah, you okay. could say maybe they they when they choose that as a career option that they
0: but
2: they, health they professionals automatically... are a bit
0: different to a footballer
2: yeah, it is. It is completely. Like, and obviously then yeah. what the service they're providing is completely different. But I, yeah, I completely agree that we have to. And there's been some talk about that in the Premier League, obviously, this week. Like There have been some players voicing their concerns mm. about the, the health of the players. But I just, I have no idea what's going to happen in Germany. Like, I mean, I can only assume that it's not going to well, end I well.
0: Do, I have an idea. that the, the two people from Dresden have tested positive i feel like they're going to play around the games this weekend next week by the middle of next week they're going to go oh 47 players in germany have tested positive and then by the end of next week everyone's going to go A-pow. okay this is a stupid idea let's just step back and stop this yeah so,
1: no. so i've listened to a few things that, this week that have kind of opened up avenues of concern not that i didn't have enough avenues of concern <laughs> but open up things that i'd not even thought about so when you try and cram as many games as they're trying to cram into a short space of time they're talking about games being on a Saturday and a Tuesday or a Saturday and a Wednesday the league but...
0: are going to they're aiming for the 12th of June a game a day isn't and it? they want to play a game every day for six weeks not the same teams obviously yeah. but,
1: you know. which is more than they even do in the World Cup Yeah, you know, that, that, and we always think of the World Cup you know you talk about soft tissue injuries and things like that the World Cup final you never have your first, your first team do you because yeah. people, team you know, players have got injured throughout the tournament and rightly so so I heard someone voice their concern about the medical treatment, so the rehab. They say that being a physio in sport right now is all about rehab, all mm. recuperation, Recovery. how quickly you can recover. So they're going, if you're a soft tissue masseuse and after every single game you take an ice bath, but if you're a massage therapist and you're not allowed to massage a player, suddenly the recovery is worse. So if you're cramming as many games as you can and yet you can't be physically touched by a health professional after the game or touched with gloves on... Or... You
2: can't get a message.
1: No, you have to stay one and a half metres away. They're there the same rules in the rest of the country. How... It's, this is completely unrelated.
2: How the fuck... Have hairdressers like <laughs> slip through. <laughs> it's some like parallel world where you can't do anything. But if you're a hairdresser, it's okay because people <laughs> like, really care about their hair. Right? Yeah. It is so bizarre. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is what is one thing yeah. I will midwives, I will take away from this this virus whenever we get through it. I just ha- cannot fathom how hairdressers have stayed
1: open. Job for life. Job it, for life. It's bizarre. But so so there are all of these you know these secondary level of employee that keeps a football team going at a point where they're trying to play intensive football so as i say physios if a doctor comes on let's say that ambulance you get injured on the pitch and four physios have to have to come on to pick you up right is that bad let's say that that physio one of those four physios has the coronavirus, is asymptomatic, whatever it is, and gets um, Kevin De Bruyne up, you know, this choose a player, gets him sick. What does Kevin De Bruyne do? Is he allowed to sue the company that provided the, the physios? If he gets sick and gets really ill, and then, you know, Man City go, well, we're not going to pay your wages because you've been ill for six months. And all of these connotations are far beyond getting football back in 12 days. Yeah. You know, and and we it's impossible to think through the 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 deviations of, of reality. Actually, the only way to do it is to just wait until you can slowly introduce contact with human beings back into your society. And football is a subplot of that. When you're allowed 11 people to train together, yeah, you can't let 11 them. people train together.
2: Maybe yeah. I I mean the only thing I'd say with Germany is maybe they have started to ease restrictions obviously and maybe
0: they think they're at that point. I don't... I mean, I don't... don't, Somewhere that has started is the Faroe Islands, which I'm not a big... On the Faroe Islands League, but they've started up and running last weekend. Isn't the K League up K-League's and running up, as well? K League was up and running, and yeah. uh, I love the fact that there was a live feed on the Guardian. Like, oh, K League are playing football. <laughs> yeah, it was.
1: It was <laughs> everywhere. I was standing outside the supermarket, and it was on the, the K League highlights were on the TV <laughs> on the TV screen outside the supermarket. They um, they it's pumped, on Optus, I think. Yeah, yeah they yeah.
0: pumped um sound of crowds into the stadium,
1: <sighs> so you have got this kind of fake. Hey! The, I heard this idea that they were going to um record you're going to if you're a uh, season ticket holder of a club they can record you in your lounge watching the football and pump that live into the stadium oh, so they like can have 2,000 people watching the game at home reacting and then pumping them all at the same time into the stadium oh, so that's actually, genius oh, the best C-R-P. thing about
0: that though be one guy on delay so they'd be like yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, like a Zoom call. Someone just sounded like he's underwater. You're like, who's, who's that bloke? He's
2: but like the longer this goes on with all with all these false starts, and I think I, I can't see anything else happening in Chip Like, if if anyone can do it, it'll be the Germans, as you said. Right? Yeah. they'll um, they'll find a way. But I, the more it goes, the more I sort of come over to your way of thinking with it all Jeff as you've been since the beginning whereas I think it took me a bit longer to sort of to rationalize it in my head because I t- almost didn't want to admit to ignore the it football was gonna go, gonna go like for the se- Jeff's right yeah, or the Jeff's right but yeah just from a you know, from a sort of selfish perspective I was like no it can't you know is it? but I I think the longer this goes on the more I'm like oh wait yeah. I, I don't I don't yeah. I don't want a half-baked um you know, football that doesn't resemble much yeah. about football that we know. And it, you know, the you've got players that aren't playing. It just comple- you know, completely loses its credibility. Like when I watched the first round of the AFL, because uh, they played it, I hated it. Yeah. It was a different, all the players were so aware of not touching each other and that the football was played in a very different way. It was like watching an exhibition game. I really, really didn't enjoy it. Mm. And that is exactly what's going to happen if football comes back too early, if they play. I'm happy to wait until it can come back and we, we're confident and everybody's... To be honest, I mean, it might be a long time. I'd probably be happy to wait until we can get some fans in the ground. Because yeah. <laughs> i I'm
0: just like, it's going to be so my weird. My idea this week is that you'd null and void everything and you go... Give Liverpool the championship. People who are the top two in the divisions that should get promoted, they get promoted. No one gets relegated. And then for the next two years, you have extra relegation.
1: It's not going to happen. So the FA have come out and they said that they would veto any system that stopped promotion and relegation. This year? Really? This year. This season. They said that one of the... So you'd have
0: promotion still. So Leeds and West Brom
1: would go up. No. Three teams go up, three teams go go down. They said any. But how are they going to
0: pick the team that
2: goes up from the championship?
1: They, so? they didn't give a solution. They just said any solution that does not have that they will veto. Who Ugh. said that? Sorry, the FA. FA. So one wow. of the governing bodies of football, yeah. and you know, the FA and the Premier League and the and the EFL, they, they work in, in Trinity, yeah. and the FA have said we will veto anything that does not have promotion and relegation because that was, that was what teams sign up for. So then another- I heard Lee Lee Bowyer talk this week. Do you hear Lee Bowyer's yeah. interview? One thing that um. I'm going to make some. I've had two glasses of whiskey, so i make some sweeping comments here. One thing that has always bothered me about football, which. you are you going to say bothered you about Lebo? Yeah. No, well, <laughs> he's a Charlton <laughs> manager now, isn't he? Yeah, he's a yeah, yeah, manager yeah. of Charlton. And Charlton Athletic are in the bottom three of the championship. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But they've only been in the bottom three for six days. Yeah. The, the first time they got to the bottom three was the week before the, shut down. it shut down. So he's thinking, well, this is shit. Like yeah. if you relegate gave me <laughs> that, <them on> the... <laughs> but what we're what we're seeing in society versus what we're seeing in in football and, and managers like Lee Bowyer is in society people think they're clever, right? And people are hearing science and they're reading websites and they they feel like they're critically thinking and they're coming up with opinions and they're forming strategy mm-hmm. on those opinions. Lee Bowyer, he's just standing there going, "Well, I think you know you just need to um uh, just listen to the smart people. <laughs> just when the scientists tell you what to do, just do it." Like, we need more Lee Boyers. in this agree, world. I, I agree <laughs> with you, <laughs> Lee. Yeah. And, and it's always bothered me about, about the world. That, why don't we just listen to the smart people? Yeah. What you need to do, I didn't realise, was just be as stupid as Lee Bowyer. Yeah. And your whole life you're going, i just wait to get told what to do by the scientists. <laughs> and what's the but scientists say? You can go kick a ball. I'll go kick a
2: ball. Well, but no, but the... They... There's a I think that this might be a bit of a change. We talked about this. One of my hopes about coronavirus is people start to listen to the experts rather that because that that's not a usual scenario. No, it, it's usually struck me. idiots do not listen <laughs> yeah. to scientists. They listen to what they want to hear from another idiot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that you know <laughs> it's that's nice, a, isn't it? It's a nice yeah. change. But I just, I mean, the with Charlton though, I uh, you know I talked about that mathematical modelling. Was that last week or the week before? In terms of the, all the together, University of Reading run you know run these scenarios. Every, they do it every year on who's going to get um, promoted and relegated, and it's like a, it's usually pretty accurate because they run it through so many different permutations. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Charlton were definitely down like yeah, you know so okay. i think i think there's a fair chance that charlton will be going down but with the it's an interesting thing with um football league so they've got they got a meeting on friday um and then i think they're making a final decision by the following monday yep. so there's a meeting of all the efl there's a like a phone call and then there's a meeting of all the efl clubs and then i think by next monday they're talking about a decision on what they're going to do with the season but there are a couple of things i saw with it that that I hadn't necessarily thought about Um, from a financial perspective, as we talk about, that's one of the reasons they want to come Mm. back. But the reasons obviously change a bit when you drop down the tiers of football and even from the championship, but certainly once you get below the championship, there are real concerns about restarting. So testing players, coronavirus talked about that Mm. geniuses, Oxford uni, they're talking about 2 million pounds, per league yeah, okay. clubs are going to have to come up with which obviously as you go down the tiers that becomes a lot more and more significant and then you talked about it, Jeff with some of the Premier League clubs like Burnley as, a, as an example where they rely so much on their gate receipts for um, income and obviously again as you go through the football league that the, generally the percentage of your income from actually playing your matches and your gate receipts goes up yeah. and so if they're suddenly having to play all their games behind closed doors, but they're actually playing games and they're needing to pay their players it's just going to cost and do all this, they just its they cannot do it.
1: Well, yeah, and, and here's the there will be a cliff that they fall off that will become more and more the talking point in the coming weeks. So I'm not going to say heard it here first because I heard it from somewhere. Um, but the the idea that you can extend a contract at a time where you have no incoming revenue so if you have players if you're in league one and league two and you have players that are out of contract to the end of june yeah yeah everyone ends on so end june. everyone's got six weeks left of their contract right the football league will not be finished in six weeks which means these clubs will, will have sat there with no income for three months sponsorships aren't paying they've got no gate receipts they've got no you know shirt sales have already been sold they've, they've already banked their TV money at the beginning of the year because you get it in advance, which is why it's such a big thing about owing money. Which means what they're going to have is a a decision between whether they extend for a month, extend for two months, say to these players, okay, great, well, we're going to pay you all for one month extra when they have the choice not to. Now, if they can't pay their bills, they've got debts to the bank and they've got no incomings, they are not in a position to extend contracts because they can't say, we'll give everyone another month's worth of salary because they don't have it to pay. Which means that they'll have a choice of actually letting their first team go to save the football club or paying money that they don't have, which they won't be allowed to do.
0: On that point, to make it maybe mildly more positive, um, and because you wanted to talk about transfers today a little bit, Jeff, and how the transfer market market might work. Does this mean that we'll end up with a bunch of teams with 16-year-old kids in the team going, we've got youth team players that we pay 50 quid a week? We'll play you and maybe this is the chance for a whole load of youth to come through and the transfer market changes and it's the time for hundreds of young players to come through and actually be brilliant. For what about clubs. all the other players though?
1: Yeah. Oh, fuck I, them, they're
2: old. Like Col-, Col Colchester, it's passed me by actually, but I didn't see it. It was a couple of weeks ago now, it was in April, but Colchester in the Football League, I think they're in League One, were the first club to release players so they released four players essentially because they said we can't afford to we can't pay them keep anymore. paying your wages, including their captain and essentially like three other of their star players. Yeah. Um, because they're the biggest wage earners. Yeah. So I just think
0: that's if, and, if if one club's done it, I
2: think we're suddenly gonna see. And, more and at more that of.
0: level, all players are on one or two years max. You don't get yeah. the oh, I signed for Man <clears> City <throat> for six years that doesn't happen. Um, you sign for a year or two and that's it.
1: I think there will be a, to to look at the positives, and if you take the human beings out of it, I'm sorry, sorry to do that, because these people are footballers, it's all they've wanted to their mm. whole life, and they're just being told there are fewer jobs in your industry, just like everyone else, they're not immune to it, you know, everyone but the elite, and when I say that, look at businesses, everyone but the CEOs are at risk of their jobs. You know, you have to be part of a C suite worth of employee to make sure, you know, to be part of the rebuild at the end of it. Yeah. Same with players. You have to be an elite player to be part of the rebuild. Otherwise you're expendable because they need to cut costs. Which means that you've you've spent your life training to be this thing that suddenly there are fewer jobs out there or fewer people willing to pay what you thought your job was worth. Mm. Right. That's gonna happen up and down the footballing pyramid. So what I think that we'll see from a transfer perspective is teams looking more for what they need than who they want. Yeah. so there's a difference there like yes teams go okay I've got an ageing left back I need a new left back right? yeah. granted I don't want to sound like an idiot of course you look for a left back Yeah, but you look for the left back that is of a certain age that will add value that will do you know, what, you, know I mean, do you, look, you look for the 21 yeah. year old yeah. ex-Barcelona Academy you're going to yeah. spend 30 million because he have got resale value you're going yeah. to pay him high wages so he chooses your club that isn't the Champions League I mean you know how this equation works yeah. but actually what will be shifting towards is uh, refocus on attributes. Mm. You might actually be looking for a 29-year-old left-back. More
2: of a money ball approach.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Because what you need is a left-back who does a certain amount of things. And what you're going to try and do is find them either in in a youth academy. You're not going to have to pay them stupid wages. They might be playing for Colchester. They might have just been released. And actually, you're going to take a punt on them because you're looking in a different market in a different world. We're going to see more swaps. We're going to see people going, I've got the 29-year-old left-back you need. And he I need a 27-year-old right winger. And, and, and we exactly do, we, right, yeah. And we do
2: see that in football. And I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. That could be a positive because I think we see it so much in football, you wonder it doesn't happen more. Whereas sometimes it is as simple as, like it's cliche, but a change of scenery. Or a, diff- a different club, or a slight change in position, or a different managerial approach, and a player that looked terrible somewhere can suddenly look
1: like a world beater somewhere else. Yeah, so maybe, yeah.
2: you, and again, that happens at all levels. So
1: hopefully, we do see more. And we'll of that. we'll see it in the Premier League because we, the Premier League is not immune to it. Even the elite clubs are not immune to this. Like oh there's God. no Manchester United make more money than anyone else. Right, their turnover is more than anyone else. The majority of that is sponsorship. And if they're not on the telly, no one wants their sponsorship. It's just, no. it's just not real. And if all they're...
0: those pe- people that sponsor Man United are struggling they don't have of money course, anymore yeah. so they can't
1: turn around and go here's 100 million to sponsor you because they haven't got it and the thing is with this TV they're saying oh we've got to finish the season because all of this TV money it's already fallen apart they already was on the phone call today I wasn't there obviously <laughs> but on the, on the phone call today they were talking about 300 million is already going to have to be repaid to the TV companies because the games were not on when they were said that they would be on to the type of audience that would be played to yeah. with a full stadium yeah. so they didn't get what they paid for already so even if there is this buy- Bastardised Frankenstein version of football that they chuck on the telly doesn't mean you don't have to pay back three hundred million pounds. It's yeah. already fucked, and yeah. you're not going to have like Man United bought Alexis Sanchez
0: because they didn't want Man City to have him, and then they paid him three hundred and fifty grand Did you buy a week. You got him on a
2: free, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah.
0: but we still pay him three hundred and fifty k a week whilst he's playing for another team anyway. But you're not going to do that. You're not going to see clubs just go. Oh, just, we'll pay him £20 million a year just to get him on our books. So you're not going to have an expensive backup. You're going to have your star players still, but you're going to go to youth. Or, yeah, you're going to look a bit left field and go, Oh, that Colchester left back, he does okay. He'll do a job. He do, can be you, our do backup. Do you think
2: we'll see that in the Premier League, though? Because my only thing with this is that, as always... And it shouldn't be the case. it just says a lot about our society, and I think it's a disgrace, but there will be people that are completely immune to what's happening in the world right now, and a lot of those people in that group are own the people that own Premier League clubs, so it, you know is I wonder in the Premier League bubble. Is it really going to change? Because they're still probably some of them are getting wealthier as we speak.
1: Yeah, they are. The The, the rich make a lot of money out of this because if, it's all about your balance sheet. If your balance sheet's positive at the beginning of a crisis, you make more money out of that crisis. If your balance well, sheet's negative, you fuck.
2: And I wonder if they might just um, <clears throat> decide to can um, the fair play rules. Because these guys guys might come out and say, "Oh well, we need money floating around anyway." It's a perfect time for them to just go, "Let's you know try and get rid of this, so we can." You have
0: already mentioned that they might um, give a two-year hiatus. I think you, yeah, hiatus on the um, fair play, financial fair play rules, because they just. If they you've got money. money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've got money in the game, put it in the game. That is gross. It it's is really, so gross. It's really gross. Yeah. So I think what we'll see is, I think it will, will affect the Premier League. But I think, you, but you'll see six or seven, eight clubs that are owned by mega
1: billionaires yeah.
0: go. The gap But we've yeah. already
1: we already spoke about it a few weeks ago. There's only two clubs that are, owned, that are not owned by billionaires. Yeah. yeah. So so the. It just depends on where those billionaires have got their money. Yeah. And it depends on whether they see football as a financially viable model anymore. Now, of course, it was always about how much money you lost. We're talking about financial fair play. It was never a good business plan to go for football. But there was a prize... And that yeah. prize wasn't a trophy. You can't... No matter how much we get the wool pulled over our eyes that fucking club owners want trophies, Abramovich wanted a trophy, he didn't. He wanted soft power in London. Yeah. Depends how big that soft power is. Yeah. If that, that soft power doesn't spread around the world, if he can't put Gazcom, the... the, the Gazprom. Uh, Gazprom, the... the what, what are they? Uh, oil. Russian oil company. Gas company. If you can't yeah. put that on shirts globally and have that be attractive to everyone to watch, then what difference is the soft power? Yeah. it's it's nothing to him he 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 chose chelsea because he flew over london in an aeroplane and picked out the stadium you know so it's mm. it's nonsense so if it becomes less of a of a vessel for soft power it's not attractive anymore
0: let's um move off the news um and to the team reviews because we're running out of time running out of time because <laughs> <laughs> we, we always get distracted by the news but that's no, good but uh the two teams we got on review this week are crystal palace and everton now i feel like in the room that made me a bit more care for the second team in that list. So we'll do Crystal Palace first and get them out of the way. Palace uh, sat 13th in the league, 11th, 11th So yeah. Above Everton. Um, it's really difficult doing this in person. We have print-offs rather than a computer screen in front of me. Like, having sat at <laughs> yeah. home, have computer screens, windows <laughs> Multiple open. Multiple screens. Information. Yeah. I've got a membership. I'm, I'm peering at the text on this, trying to... Crystal Palace, uh, 11th. 11th. Um, but only four <coughs> points off the European place, so we we haven't
2: got our shed predictions up on the wall. No, I'm pretty sure i had Crystal Palace going down again this year. Did you? I think so. Mainly because I kind of want them to. They're boring I as all j- hell. Yeah, aren't I they? just I'm sick of it. I like I, I, just... I, I, you know Roy. <laughs> he does a great job, but I'm bored of it. Roy. Roy's just got another year contract. I'm just. I'm,
0: He's like 400 years old.
2: I'm, I still have a bit of resentment. For him, because like I know he's done a good job in lots of his it's England. Jobs. You can't get over England. You can't right? get over England. Yeah, can't get just, over England. And but I just think I'm also just sick of Palace. Well,
0: Palace team, Andrew, Andrew, Andre Ayew is mm. their top scorer. Is he the worst top scorer at any team in the Premier League? Like he ooh, had a oh, that's good. That's a good question. No,
2: because no, because I think he had a good World Cup. No, that was his brother. No, was his brother?
0: That was
2: no, Jordan. no, no. They both played. <laughs>
0: yeah, but Andre was the crap one. It was Jordan uh,
2: who was like... No, no, this Jordan is the Palace one. Andre, oh, yeah, no, Andre. I have written the wrong one down. Andre, I uh, use at Swansea. Yes. That's um, my fault. I've written yeah, the Yeah, Jor- Jordan, one. I use the Palace one. But and he's
0: I, so he's so crap that I named him as Well, brother. no,
2: no, no, but they both had a they both had a good World Cup. So he had a good 5 minutes, but he's essentially crap, but he's probably better than Benteke at the moment.
0: But also for every other club in the league, you've got a Glenn Murray or a Chris Wood or a Troy Deeney or a Callum Wilson. If your main man's Jordan Ayew,
1: like, imagine well, they've was... got Zaha, of course. Their main man's Zaha, but
0: Zaha has also gone off the boil. He's been there too long,
1: and yeah, and and obviously he was a bit disjointed with all the transfer speculation. He wanted to go. He was forced to come back into training, and obviously for the cameras, yes, great. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend all year. I'm gonna fuck work with this. But deep down, he's like, are oh, you fucking cunts? Yeah. Like this was my chance, and you've robbed me of it. And and. I left and showed loyalty by coming back to you. You owed me more than that. Um, Townsend's been off the boil this year. Do you remember this this season they had the oldest ever, ever average Premier League age? Yes. They played a like team that was, was over, four, over 30 on average age. Yeah. And um, I saw some analytics this week about teams that have... Uh, basically, it was, it was a, a graph spectrum for every single side about... Um, and it split their whole uh, first team squad into their age, their appearances, um, and I think their experience level or whatever. Yeah. It just mapped them on a mapped them on a graph. And when you see Palace, it's like no other side. Everything sits in the thirty to thirty-five year old, and the appearance <laughs> yeah. kind of two hundred plus. Like yeah. it's it's just disgraceful that they let themselves get this far, and the, the rebuilding. That's required with a squad like that. Is it's wholesale, and he's the man to do it? Roy Hodgson, who's seventy-one years old. Well, but I don't
2: think he'll rebuild. I think he'll just. I mean, this is what he does well. I think he'll just then get another thirty-two-year-old in. Yeah, because he'll just just keep. He'll keep doing that, and I think he's he is a good enough manager to be able to keep a Premier League team in the league, doing that and recycling it without spending much money. But I ju- I'm just bored of it. Roy's been doing it for years. And I mean, they- there's a couple of times this year where I thought they are about to go on a bad run. Yeah, And I was Isn't like, here it? we go. Maybe they're in trouble. Maybe this is it. They're going to get dragged in. No. And then they'll get a couple of 1-0 wins. And all of a sudden, they're, what did you say? Four points off Europe. Yeah, and Sick I'm, of it. They um they signed, <laughs> sick of it.
0: they signed Gary Cahill in the summer on a free.
1: Typical signing.
0: Typical and Palace signing. Typical Palace signing. And he's been brilliant he for has them. Been really and good. he's really good. <laughs> he's 32. 30-
1: 435 James and McCarthy from Everton yeah and he's been really good for him when he's they, played yeah but
0: they're all kind of seasoned pros that are quite good maybe they'll sign the Colchester left back like that's his Crystal Palace no, Gareth Barry's coming in next year yeah. honestly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so, so okay on Palace post COVID-19 sorry oh, go on. I've got to say
2: this Rogers I Watson. just well I was just interested so I was looking a couple oh. of things up on my phone about I was just looking at the their last team lineup, yep. just to look at the Palace lineup. But the first news item um, that comes up uh, when you type in Crystal Palace on both the Mirror and the Daily Mail is uh, Crystal Palace identify Burnley boss Sean Dyche's next manager.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at least there'll be some continuity there. Oh, well <laughs> and he'll just take all the Burnley players with him. Yeah. They'll have Chris Wood up front.
1: So go on then, post-Covid-19, was that your question? Yeah,
0: post-Covid-19, they've signed Hodgson for another year and so they've got him for the whole of next season.
1: What does Crystal Palace look like? What he if- won't be allowed to get a games, he's 71.
0: <laughs> That's a very good point, he is a high risk. <laughs> What's he
1: going to do, watch it on the telly. Well, their
0: team's probably high risk.
1: <laughs> That's a very
0: good point there. Like Forget all like the 25-year-olds playing football, yeah. is Boy Hodgson going to be allowed anywhere near... Quarantine,
2: a- mate, you get home. Um, I, the Palace will just keep doing the same. Yeah. I I just I mean if Roy's there they'll yeah, I think they'll look for we talked about Moneyball, it probably suits Palace. They'll take that same approach. I think I mean I think the only thing that might change things it's interesting you said maybe Zaha stayed a season too long, and I wonder whether if Crystal Palace had some ambition or wanted to change their approach, probably the thing they had to do was to sell Zaha. Invests. At peak, and then invest rather than they could probably could have got what eighty, 80 million? million for him. Yeah, and then and they, 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 could have,
1: they they had offers. They uh, had offers. Didn't Everton offer sixty five something yeah. like that? All of a
2: sudden, they could buy four or five you know 15 they, to 20 million pound players if they had taken that money because they're not going to get
1: offered 30 now
2: no and i i think if they wanted to change that's what they should have done
1: I, I remember sir alex ferguson talking about um his transfer policy and he always said sell your best players at their peak and a good manager recognizes when they are at that peak yeah. it means that the only way is down for them and their value is the highest and your fans are just going to have to get used to you selling your best players at their peak. And then you bring and in the young ones. What you do is you bring in the young ones or you replace them with the Cristiano Ronaldo's and you yeah. sell the Van Nistrooy's. Yeah. And that, that is how you replenish a squad. You have to have a good scouting network. You have to have a good nose for the game. Yeah. But they should have sold Zaha at peak and reinvested. But they didn't. You get scared because you got such a special player on your hands. And and why, why would you feel like you can get rid of him because he's the only one that does anything? Yeah. But actually an unhappy Zaha is the same as an unhappy anyone. Might as well have it on Happy Um
0: let's move on to Everton then, Jeff. So my first question is you hired Carlo Ancelotti this season. Yeah. And having had six Why is he six or seven weeks <laughs> s- sat in my house. I was looking at Everton when we were gonna do this, going,
1: Carlo Ancelotti's manager. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> the other, the thing that's disappointing is that it didn't happen sooner. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't mean... Okay, Carlo Ancelotti was obviously beyond anyone's wildest dreams as an Everton supporter. Yeah. And and in honesty, he's a too good a manager for a team that's sitting in 12th in the Premier League, haven't won a trophy since 1995. It doesn't make sense. No. However, that... Can I, before you go off that,
2: at the time it happened, can I just ask you, you were quite bullish about Arteta... When it happened, before you knew Ancelotti was on the scene, mm. your hope was maybe Arteta might come in. Would, If you could go back, would you still. No fucking way. <laughs> oh my god. Roger. <laughs> well, oh, you, you have a lot of love for Arteta.
1: Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, but, but two teams needed a manager one was Arsenal and one was Everton. How the hell did the chips fall like I, that? I just, every time yeah. I
2: look at it, I'm like, did someone send the wrong bit of paper somewhere? Yeah. Ancelotti to Arsenal, Arteta so, to Everton. It makes but, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Arsenal squad ready yeah, to go. Yeah, like yeah. There, I see that swapped fax machines <laughs> yeah. there, like, on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's madness. And he, i um, you know, you could look on from afar and go, it's too good for that. But what Everton have done for the last five years has been so scattergun. You know, ever since David Moyes left, don't get me wrong. Um, there was a period where Martinez was building on. What Moyes had had yeah. already put down, and, and it was, was good. Really, for a it was bit. brilliant. So, was so he, the, um, yeah. No, I don't think Cooman was good. Oh, Cooman had some great games. Had some really good games. Cooman um, was a good manager, but he what he didn't do was replace Romelu Lukaku well enough. Remember, he he just flooded it with number tens and panicked. But what? Well, but and
2: did he? Because I think I. Think, that's an Everton thing because well, was, you, you brought in Steve, Steve Walsh. Walsh at the same yeah. time so did, did Kuman necessarily have although I'm assuming that Kuman worked under a director of football model at Southampton yeah I, I think for but me Steve
1: Walsh was the, was the problem and Steve Walsh's signings if you, if you go back and yeah, look at them but
2: it was the money that's what stuff did you haven't since you got the money coming in you haven't done well with it
1: Agree, agree. There's been no improvement at all. Um, apart from the youth players, players like Dominic Calvert Lewin have come in and done been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, that's not through the money. He cost uh, a couple of million pounds from MK Dons. Holgate. Holgate's a Sud- youth player. Suddenly looking really good. This oh. we don't we don't need another centre back because Mason Holgate has completely stepped up. Again, that's the British system working. He was sent out on loan three times. He's come back and he's now a good player. So he was great in the championship. Comes back and, and gets games. I just when I say it didn't happen soon enough. I mean, what's going on at Everton right now is you have an owner who's got money, despite. COVID 19, he's got money. And it, as I said, the people with a good balance sheet are okay because he runs an investment firm. And investment it's backed
2: by someone with even more money. Yeah, yeah.
1: With Marcel Brands, who the director of football at Everton was the old PSV director of football, mm-hmm. who has a philosophy. He's not like Steve Walsh. He actually, actually has a philosophy of ages to bring in and types of players. And that philosophy works very well. With a very, very good coach who was Carlo Ancelotti. I just wish that as we were spanking money up the wall, these were the people who were spanking it. Because right now, the, the reason why Everton are not in a position to then go and keep spanking money up the wall is because of financial fair play. And they have high earners on their books, like Theo Walcott, who earns £130,000 a week. Get rid of him. Balassi is On a hundred thousand pounds a week, where's Bilasi? He's on loan at Sporting Lisbon, they've sent him back because Portugal's fucked. Yeah. So, he, it's he, so
2: sad, I really like Bilassi. he's gonna yeah.
1: he's in the last year of his contract, and they're talking about him leaving for three million pounds. Everton paid 28 million pounds, he's for a Janet championship Bilassi. player now, yeah, absolutely right. He, he, yeah. he did his ACL, um, but you're looking at those signings are eating up their Everton's space in financial fair play. But
0: then, if financial fair play goes out the window for two years. Is this Everton's perfect time to jump on it and go, Okay, we've got we're owned by a guy who has a shitload of money. We've got a lot of dead wood that we need to get rid of, but we're not too concerned about money. So you can send Theo Walker off at cut price, Belassi off at cut price, and you can go and spend you can go and hoover up players that good young players from clubs that are going struggling, oh, shit yeah. we've got no money oh we'll take Dwight Neil from
1: yeah. Burnley and for it, 20 million Or do you million? sell Richarlison for 100 million well if you know you'd sell him at his peak but then why would you when him and him and mm. Calvert-Lewin have got such a good partnership i've watched a lot of Everton highlights in the last 6 weeks or so <laughs> and and him and Calvert-Lewin have got a, an amazing connection and that's something that you should be very you should try and and hold on for as long as you can when you have two when you play four four two like yeah. Ancelotti does and you have two strikers who are scoring a goal each every game. It's a great thing. I watched the but, fifteen but,
2: minute video of Dwight York and Andy Cole last week.
1: Oh, that's a good video. <laughs> but, like the best, but the, the, the best. The point of Gordon this was a Cole. season review, and I think we can look at where we are now and go, "How did this happen? Isn't this exciting? Great season review. Everton have been poor. Yeah, Everton mm. were in the bottom three at Christmas. Not at Christmas, just in December. Terrible, very, terrible yeah. December. Um. I, I think Marco Silva was given too long. Shouldn't have procrastinated with the sacking of him. For, so, however, uh, Ancelotti was at Napoli, so you look at all things. All things considered, what was no... the
2: game where you got spanked? Conceded
1: five. Liverpool five two. Yeah, that was Liverpool. That was against Liverpool. That was that was the game before. You know, you can't get away with and that.
0: But I, I think they they didn't want to sack Silva because they hired him when Brands came in. They, they, had, a yeah, they, they had, had a plan. Yeah, they had a plan. So I kind of like that they didn't just sack him straight away because it suggests that if it doesn't go quite right with Ancelotti straight away, they're going to go, no, we'll stick with you. And I kind of like that. And you, I mean,
2: has your faith in Silver wavered? Oh, massively. Like,
0: he's he's gone. Did you
2: make an error?
1: Yeah, I make errors every so often. Not very often, Roger. Heard it here first. But, you know, (laughs) as as a season, it's been poor. It's been poor because the first half of the season was was terrible. I think when um, Ancelotti finally got the gig... The, it turned around. The the of football turned around. I wanted to believe in silver around. though. It's funny. Like it's funny how some managers seem to have
2: like a I mean you used to call Klopp a fraud yeah. a couple <laughs> of seasons back. Like you but he has that same... I don't think Klopp's a fraud, but he has that same uh I think Marcus Silver has that same sort of a bit a bit of charisma. You want to get and, on board and you, yeah, yeah. you want to get on board and you wanna believe and you wanna you want them and, to do well. And I I thought when they when you had silver brands, money I was like, good. Like yeah. I, I think and you were quite mm. you were obviously bullish about silver. So I, I again yeah, I'm with John. I don't necessarily um think it was a bad thing that you gave him time. Because if we're thinking that outside the club, you could see why if it's the same, you know, if he if he can um you know, convince people a long way from the football club, I think that internally I'm sure they also, Everton wanted him to succeed.
1: Yeah, they did and uh, I heard an interview with Mishuri after he got the sack. Mishuri's the owner for uh, yeah. uh saying that he just felt Marco Silva was really, really unlucky. Like he he's saying we, we had to make a change, but we delayed it and delayed it and delayed it because he had no midfield. He's like all his midfielders were injured. Like he had yeah. no players. Like Gomez uh, was uh, out. Gomez was out uh, g- exactly right, and he's just like We've got to give him a chance to play with the team that he has assembled because it's not fair. And then the Liverpool result happened. Yeah. And as I say, if they'd have sacked him sooner, um, Ancelotti wouldn't have been available. And we probably would have got David Moyes. David Moyes had an interview. Yeah. And gosh. that would have been a... M- look at the difference between this conversation now and if we had David Moyes in charge.
0: Yeah, it's a whole different thing. So
1: I think... Um, but it's an interesting
2: point you make, John, about that, is it a good time?
1: Like, I, for, I for someone
2: like- outside the established elite as Everton are, to potentially go, we could take advantage of the situation. Yeah. And
0: I, I do think, like we've talked about Newcastle a lot in the last few weeks, um, and it, there's there's an opportunity for an Everton, an Arsenal, um, I don't, maybe someone even lower down, a West Ham or whatever, who have financial backing and come through the whole COVID-19 thing fine and are able to go, oh, we'll take Todd Quantwell from Norwich for 100 100- uh, for a million or whatever, get them on cheap, and we'll get this guy and that guy, mm. and we'll f- iron out a few things. And suddenly, oh, we're in a fucking great spot here because everyone else is fucked, and we have just picked up all these players um, on the cheap, and we've got a load of money.
2: I, um, I think it definitely makes sense, but it's Everton,
1: yeah, so They'll probably they'll finish seventh. But but look, <laughs> for the first time, players want to play there because of Ancelotti. Yeah, I was going to say he has a pull yeah, that yeah. that Everton have not had, even even sitting twelfth. You're you're hearing players I don't who, are, you had that for years. who are very like, good going. We want to play there because we we want that influence on our game. We want that on our resume that we've played for this bloke. It's a what?
2: like it's a serious serious coup for Everton. Like An- mm. Ancelotti, he's won the Champions League three times. But mm. like this is a he's, best he's of the best. One of the top top managers in Europe. It's outrageous yeah, at Everton. <laughs> what happens? Like, like, they play, but I, like but em- I agree, there aren't many managers where play, like players now are the you know kind of the be all and end all of football. Mm. Like player power, you know, is yeah. so big. There aren't many superstar managers, but Ancelotti is in that bracket. <laughs> yeah, you know, he like as you said, players would go to Everton to play for Ancelotti just to have him on the resume, yeah. Yeah. just just to
1: go. I oh, you know, he is to have him as an advocate for you as a player in public raises your value yeah. uh, Calvert-Lewin right now is a hu- you know has the faith of Carlo Ancelotti which means Calvert-Lewin's next club they're going to look back and go well Ancelotti started him up front every week yeah. there's got to be something about this Can kid I,
2: I just want to touch on a slight disappointment with Everton
0: great I'd love to hear that uh,
2: Ken Moise Ken Moise Ken yeah I was really optimistic. Yeah. I, I saw a little bit of him in Italy, hated all the, you know, obviously racism yeah. stuff that happened there was gross. Thought, great, coming to the Premier League, yeah. really, you know, he's very raw, obviously, hadn't played a huge amount of football, but exciting, hasn't quite happened I think for Ancelotti him.
0: might be perfect for well, him, but partly the Italian. Did
2: you see the? he's obviously broken club rules and yeah. and the le- law. legal rules yeah. the law like in terms of yeah, lockdown stuff and then i think i just get the impression that there is a consensus within the everton football club that that he's not fitting in he's going to go well his, his
1: agent is mino riola yeah. right and mino Ugh. yeah everyone knows about that bloody yeah. hedgehog of a human um but Mio Riola has got a lot of players on the books who are very, very elite players, mm. and the the rumours in the last few weeks are not going away about him going to Roma. That's that's the thing. Um, but in a in a swap deal, they're talking. They're not talking about Moise Kean being sold. Yeah. They're talking about him being swapped for elite players who want to go play for Ancelotti.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think Moise Ken has got time at his side. He's eighteen. Like yeah, eighteen, living in a foreign country. I'm suddenly getting paid a hundred grand a week. Someone bought me for thirty million. I don't really speak the language. I don't know what's going on.
1: This is weird. I've got two months off. I've got two for months the first, off. The first time in my life. What yeah. do I do? And, it, but, and, and he, he so, hasn't
0: played a huge amount of football. No, yet. I think we just got to give him time. I think he's so young. You've got to give Moise Ken time because I do think that in there there is a brilliant, brilliant footballer and a brilliant finisher, and Everton need someone who you go twenty five goals a season mm. and I genuinely think Moiser Kane could be that but he's got to be given the time. Um on that Jeff a last thing on Everton post COVID nineteen what do Everton need to bring what happens next season, whenever next season begins, that Everton need to do to go, yep, yeah, we're pushing top four.
1: Uh it's gonna sound really boring. Top four well that's got to be the ambition it's got to be the ambition you don't don't get Ancelotti and then say oh let's (laughs) let's get into the Europa League sounds boring you will start with a new right back Seamus Coleman has been the club for 12 years now um and he's still first choice right back. No, they got should, they got to on, oh, oh, on loan. Well, I think um, he looks he's looked quite good for you. This he's year, quite old. I think. Though. But he, Is he? He's yeah. also he's not that much better than Seamus Common. So if you're gonna start somewhere, I'd say you ever need a new right back. They need a new number ten, because Sigerson slows the game down too much. And if and Ancelotti plays quick, he plays four 4 two, but he plays quick. Um I'm keen to see Gabamin get back uh, yeah. to fitness because the high hopes for him when he signed, he was obviously um, scouted as a replacement for Garnagate yeah. which means that he's obviously has something about him but he got injured in his second game so where do Everton need to strengthen I think the centre of the park they need more pace so if if they got um, let's talk of James Rodriguez yeah. that would be a great signing for Everton he plays yeah. exactly the position you need
2: James Rodriguez at Everton
1: yeah I know but he was signed by Ancelotti at Real Madrid, Roger. This is the this is the thing. I, I mean, I.
2: I... <laughs> this <is> your fate. <laughs> I do I don't want to talk about how I. I was a. <laughs> I, I was at the bad. World Cup where he made his name, and I mean, I, it hasn't quite worked out for him since. Like his his stocks have definitely fallen. Yeah, it hasn't worked out. At Madrid then it hasn't particularly worked out on loan at Bayern. But I remember being in Brazil, and this kid was the biggest thing in football. He was amazing. Like, I remember watching his... Goal in the, the volley, the volley, yeah. Goal yeah. watching that live with a lot of people in Brazil, and it was like it was brilliant. I I, I feel like a little bit of me might die if he came to Everton. There's a
1: few different things like, that um, obviously he's Colombian, isn't he? Yeah, and Yeri Mina is the biggest oh, player in Colombia right yeah. now. He's in his ear, and he used to play for Ancelotti. So there's, there's talk of him just wanting game time before, before next year's Copa America. But he but just I, needs I game could time.
2: not agree with you more about Sigurdsson. I just mm. think it's really unfortunate. I quite I've always quite liked Sigurdsson. I didn't mind him when he was at Spurs and then I thought he was a, did well at Swansea, but I always think he's made the best of his ability. He's just one of these players great dead ball. Mm. Strikes a good ball, fairly good passer, but he has never been quick. And I just think I'm I think Everton missed the trick by signing a player like Sigurdsson to, because his in, in the Premier League his peak will be sooner yeah. than a lot of other players because he's never been quick. Because of his pace, yeah. And, no. and I just, it, like, every time I've watched Everton this year. It so slows the game noticeable. down. Yeah. The game down. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're going and then it goes through Sigurdsson because they want to involve him because he's the uh, easy number crazy, 10. Yeah. Slows everything down. Whereas a lot of your other players, we talk about Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison's partnership. And Iwobi's they, quick. They, they, mm. they, you get the best out of those players by going direct and going direct quickly. You know and Iwobi's
1: only 23?
0: Yeah, he's a kid. Yeah, only yeah. 23 I, years I, old. I've got high hopes I, for that I think Iwobi
2: now. was good. And the other one for me is get rid of Walcott. I've never ever. He's another high I have own, yeah. never rated Walcott, and I I still can't fathom my and plays it. Last
1: anymore. one is, and it's arguable. Yeah. I think Everton need a new goalkeeper. Well, is that yes. what you were about to say? No. That what
0: well, I was going to say that Walcott and Sigerson will end up with Crystal Palace because yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right for a lot of money. Yes. yes.
1: But, um, I, I, I mean I have defended. Um, Pickford, Pickford. All year, I've been sitting here defending. Pickford. So, why Pickford. do you want a new keeper? Well, because so I've I defend Pickford because of the emotion of it and because I I believe in what I say about what he brings to the game. But watching this season's yeah. highlights in the last eight weeks quite extensively, I there are some undeniable mistakes that he's made that have cost Everton points. Undeniable yeah. mistakes, and yes, he has created goals. However, you don't need to take the rough with the smooth. And, and when, when we talk about Sir Alex Ferguson selling players at his peak, I, I, we bought him for 30 million. We were selling for a lot more than that.
0: Yeah, I was. Gonna, he's only. 24 he? I don't know if you will. Oh, he's only twenty four, twenty five.
1: I I genuinely think the man being England number one with the distribution he has, he is the answer to a lot of teams' problems. Who, who's going to buy him? Who's going to buy Pickford pick for more than thirty million? No one. Oh, no one. Uh, Newcastle will get the money. They'll buy him. Yeah, yeah. He'll no, I, I
2: disagree. Him. I think Dubrovka is
1: actually one of the best. So, super so super but here's the thing, right? So, so when you need a uh, quick counter attack, you need pace. You need up the wings. You need to break teams down. He's amazing. And that is what lots of teams are missing. However, when you're actually looking to build a Champions League side, you're looking for stability. So I think if Everton are going to progress as a footballing side, they probably need to move away from that hey, explosivity. Explosivity, is that that's a word? Explos- yeah. Explosiveness, sure. explosiveness. Uh, yeah. that he brings and bring a bit more solidity.
0: I am, I have more faith in Pickford. I like him and he's young and I think he's got... He's got room for improvement, yeah he's I, young I'd, for a keep, I I'd, bring, I'd um, keep with him i'd I i do not see the what you how you could spend eighty million on Kepper. Is Kepper that much better than Pickford? No
1: definitely not. he's not better. Than so
0: Pickford, why yeah. bother? You've got a guy that's pretty good and is excellent at distribution to get an elite elite goalkeeper like an Allison or whatever. It's really, really hard. Seventy
1: million pounds, yeah. And you've got a
0: really good one. The, well, all... but
2: I, I think Edison. It's a li- and it's it's a bit anomalous. And I think um, Allison and Edison are possibly in the top three keepers in the world. Yeah, definitely top five in my yeah. opinion. And they do, bo- both. and they're both playing in the Premier League because they can do both. Yeah, but yeah. I, I know, but they're they're brilliant. But yeah. there aren't many of those out there. As you know, Ooh. case in point, Kepper. Yeah. But I also think if Pickford was Spanish. Now, now you're getting over 50 million for him. Yeah. For sure. Mm, yeah. Like there's definitely an element of stigma there because, whereas if he was a, you know, exotic Spanish keeper that had brilliant distribution just had a first name there'd be yeah. there'd be, team, there'd be yeah. teams you know, Chelsea <laughs> would be straight at you for 50 million but no it's true
0: and because but, he's England number one and I really hate it and I've talked about it on the
1: shed before that he gets kicking. Yeah, yeah the England
0: number one goalkeeper always gets if you make the
1: slightest mistake it's oh you're shit you're shit, you're shit. And but it, then you, you we could make more money selling him to Spain then
2: but I, yeah. well, no, because they
1: don't. Not as a nation, it, it doesn't.
2: Okay. No, no, but it doesn't go that way. It only, yeah. Yeah, like it's only the dumb Premier League that that works for. But um, I, I just, I think that you should stick with him. I think you got bigger fish to fry.
0: Let's move on to side stories. That was the Everton review, Jeff. That was good. Um, has anyone got any side stories before uh, the end game? I have got a couple of
2: quick ones. Go on. Um, uh, I just saw that players that haven't had the best time of it. You know, you sometimes sort of follow what's happening. Um, one of them, and it got a bit of talk on the pod, because they're... I forget the team in Germany, but uh, Haller went to West Ham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was your flop of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His teammate, Jovic... Went to... Went Real to Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. Yes. Hasn't quite worked out for him at yes. Madrid. Now, I don't know if you saw, um, he's managed to injure himself in lockdown oh yeah mm-hmm. nice. saw I saw this. this out for three months three months three months what did he do the most like he, the, he doesn't a wall. know like he doesn't it's, fell it, off a wall, it's like think. really really innocuous and he's not completely sure what happened but he's you know done himself a, some damage he's out for it's three months awesome. just, everyone
1: is drinking more in isolation <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that is I just feel like he's move. one
2: of those players where he gets a, they, there's always a few of them get the dream move to Barcelona and just never works they paid over 50 mil we started <laughs> yeah. one game yeah but, it wow. stopped, like just hasn't worked at all
1: anyway um, Jeff, yeah. do you have any side stories I just wanted to um, add a bit of doom and gloom to what is oh, a, a pretty positive shed um, so have you heard the first club has um, gone under with the excuse not excuse reason that COVID-19 yes in China in China so what are they called I'm sorry for my pronunciation <laughs> yeah, good luck pronouncing that one Tinjin, Jin tin hi Yeah, it's good good good. Wow. tinjin, yes. tin <laughs> 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 Definitely getting some complaints next week. Um who were the same club who um used to have Pato as manager? Do you remember Alexander Pato? Yeah, Pato. Alexander Pato. As striker, or Fato. Yeah. Uh they had Axel Witzel Yeah. Um could play were good. They were they were really really good. They so, got bust. They've gone bust. They've just disbanded. I think is the word that they've know. used because They're of the COVID nineteen con- restrictions. Yeah. They can't afford their expenses, and they have disbanded as a footballing entity. Which is the first, in my knowledge, it is the first club that have categorically said that COVID nineteen is the reason why they do not yeah, exist no, anymore. There wasn't as an a football other club
0: circumstance. It was yeah. only because of COVID nineteen, and
1: that to me is is um, it's an important milestone. Mm. It, um, from. My last side story. Go I'm going to ask you a question. Got a bit trivia
2: for you. Go on. Uh, can you name the last goalkeeper in the Premier League to score on purpose? On purpose? Yeah. Brad Friedel. Yeah.
0: I, I watched a video of goalkeepers scoring. I watched
1: a video of goalkeeper <laughs> scoring. <laughs>
0: the, the, the Premier League put it out on like Instagram <laughs> uh, or whatever. It's like uh, goal Good keep, knowledge. Goalkeeper scoring in the Premier League.
2: So he came up, but can you believe that was in 2004? He came up for a corner in 2004. There's been three goals scored by keepers since 2004, which you'll probably remember. Tim Howard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, so Paul Robinson, Tim Howard and Begovic the yeah. Begovic oh, one yeah, yeah. with the, the wind it. in yeah. Stoke? And <laughs> yeah. it just like... <laughs> and, and so but there's been no deliberate goal. So the first keeper to score deliberately in the Premier League... Schmeichel? Schmeichel. For Villa. Um, yeah, uh, so so volleyed home. And it was one of Schmeichel's 11 career goals. 11? Did he take
1: penalties? But if he,
2: no, I think that most no. of Schmeichel's... Well, he, he wasn't a Schiller there. But... Um, that's amazing. You know, you 11. go back into like early Premier League and it wasn't that unusual. It was, it was it, almost seems... common at the end of a game to just
0: go, oh, God. But yeah, God. sling the keeper yeah. up.
2: But I feel like we've lost that. Bit of the... I just feel like 2004, that's too long. Keepers need to listen to the shed, take note, get up for a corner, lads. And the keepers now are better at football than
0: yes. ever. Like, put em- Edison, Edison could yeah. like yes. beat a couple of players and hit one from 30 yards. Oh, yeah. Um, end game. Is everyone ready? All right. So it's time for end game. I won last week. So the scores are Rog 11, me 9, Jeff
1: 8. And lowest score wins? No. Like darts? <laughs> no. Is that what happens in darts? Uh, no, you, you what, do, what am I you do have to get to zero. What, am I thinking? what game am I thinking of when lowest score wins? <sighs> golf? golf? Golf.
0: Is it like no. golf, John? No. no, you need the most. Um so like Hungry Hippos. This week's game, because it was meant to be the last week of the Premier League um, this weekend well, that's coming. That's really sad. Doing, final day. Yeah, it's meant to be the final day. So I've picked one of the best ever final day games. Lots of goals. Which is slightly depressing as a Man United fan. I've picked the Man City QPR. when well, it was 3-2 to Man City in 2012. Which meant they won the Premier League for the first time. And there's the famous commentary that should give away one player at least. Um, who gets to go first? <laughs> um, but Mike Dean was the referee. It was Monday the 14th of May. Was it really a Monday? Oh, it was a late Sunday night, Australia time. Um, Roberto Mancini and Mark Hughes were the managers. And Jeff King, you can go first.
1: Uh Aquero. Correct. <laughs>
2: Uh, what was the year was it, sorry? Just 2012. 2012, it? 2011, 2012,
0: 2012 season. Last game of the season. Uh, Balotelli. Balotelli came off the bench. Ah, I knew,
2: of I, he, got I knew he played. He got, the, he assist. got the assist, yeah. yeah. Uh, David Silva.
0: Correct.
1: Zabaleta.
0: Correct.
2: Scored a goal. He was my next one. Um,
0: Joey Barton. Oh, you cunt, that was mine. He got sent off. Correct. Joey Barton did get sent off. Joe Hart. For Man City, Joe Hart did play in goal. Um... Company? Vincent Company did start. Captain? Oh we can feel the tension in the room it's getting close. This is getting This is a good run so far, considering how crap we are usually.
1: <laughs> uh Gile <Clichy>? Correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh Tore. Correct, Yaya Tore started. Um Ed and Ed and Jekko came off the bench. <laughs> so you gotta
1: go again. <laughs> I've got to go again. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um
0: Yeah, they come off the bench, you got You said David
1: Silver, right? Yes. who else played for QPR. Shitting cuntfuck. Um well that bloke who used to play for West Brom played for QPR. Um oh, who else played centre back for Man City? Jolene Lescott? Correct.
0: So that's the goalkeeper and the whole back four for Man City. a bit left field. Is it a left winger? Paddy Kenny? A QPR? Yeah. He did start and yeah. go, yes. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Ooh. This is the best game yet.
1: Who's the bloke who used to play for West Brom that played for QPR that season? And then we got the whole Man City team, no?
0: No, so you're still missing one, two midfielders and one forward for Man City. And then you've got nine QPR players.
1: Bobby Zamora, correct. Oh. <laughs> he was on my list too.
0: He was on my list. That is correct. Wow. Um. <laughs> Sami Nasri. Sami did start for Man City. Yes. Oh, you yes. fucking pricks!
1: <laughs> this is the deepest we've ever gone. I'm impressed. Um. This might be a really bad guess. Dunk. Lewis Dunk. Yeah.
0: Incorrect. Oh Rog wins. Do I? Didn't Jeff go first? Oh. yeah. You got to get this right. I will not write the.
2: Ooh. Go for Lewis Dunk. Um. Oh, I've gone blank on the QPR team. I've got Barton and Maura and Kenny written down on <laughs> QPR and they've all got a line through them. Um, was this was this the year that... I don't know if it was.
0: don't know, Roger. I don't know what you're thinking. Who played for QPR? They didn't we've still
2: got more Man City players too, do not we? You've
0: got two Man City starters left. Negredo. No. Oh, it wasn't the Negredo so, Jeff, you're Fuck. back in. Oh, yeah. I remember he was good. Yeah, for one season. The I was, yeah. uh,
2: So we've got two Man City players left, did he say? Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, so one of them's a centre-back? G- G-
0: no, you've got a midfielder oh, no, and a forward.
1: Mm. Midfielder and the forward. I know the midfielder. I know him. I can picture him, and he's got a really normal. And I'm not going to give you a clue because you're going to get him. Um... Uh... oh fuck.
0: The midfielder and the forward at Man City. You all both know quite well. Um, the Navas. Is that his name? Jesus Never. No, is that his name? That is his name. He did not play. Oh was he on the bench? Nope. Not even on the bench. Was
2: a fat little Argentinian man still there, I wonder? Carlos Tevez.
0: Correct.
1: Oh god damn it!
0: Rod wins! Tell me, was Royston <laughs> Drenthe playing for QPR? No, okay. the one girl. midfielder you're going to kick yourself for this, the one player in the Man City team you didn't get, Gareth Barry.
2: Oh, Gareth Barry. Everton's Gareth Barry. Old reliable. Um, I cannot think, because I can pick, do you, the reason I got Paddy Kenny is because in my head I can picture the Aguero goal like Kenny yeah. like sprawled. But I cannot, and I picture, um, like you, I had Bobby Zamora and obviously Joey Barton because he's annoying. oik yeah. but I cannot think of another Q- I cannot think of another <laughs> on, QPR What's the player QPR team. team
0: Paddy Kenny Neda Manua Clint Hill Ned Manua he Ty, was the one I was thinking yeah. of Taiwo Taiwo Anton Ferdinand oh. Oh. Sean Derry Joey Barton Sean Wright Phillips Jamie Mackey and Cissé and Bobby it an average team That is so average and then you got the whole of the Man City team apart from Gareth
1: Barry. Never, uh, G- Jesus, Jesus Nav
0: has Got to be close though. Yeah, it was, it was uh, not even on the bench. though. Right? he must have been injured. Or maybe was he the following year?
1: No, he was that. No, s- he was, he was in that there. season. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, good game. That was a good game.
0: That was excellent. So, uh, Rod, you win. So you're on game next week. Great. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? No, no it's, it's great front. to be back in real it's life, human. Really weird yeah
1: human world everyone else look forward to it it makes it all <laughs> so worthwhile human, yes. flatten the curve have a great yes, time drink it. whiskey yes but uh,
0: thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week in person again hopefully uh, yeah. Let's yeah. All don't it, <laughs> yes, yeah don't get cocky <laughs> um, don't forget if you want to get in contact ask us questions or tell us we're wrong about something just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening everyone see ya see ya yeah. bye